The most common goals and resolutions for a new year often involve health and fitness, but another common goal revolves around reading. For some, that goal involves reading a book. For others, that goal looks like one book a month. Or for some dedicated individuals, a reading goal can look like 100 books or more in a year. Regardless of whether you consider yourself a reader or not, my goal today is to encourage you to read something in the coming year. Here are a few recommendations to get you started. You, my friend, were made for more. More than the managing of schedules, keeping up with kiddos, and holding down the home front. Welcome to the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show, the podcast that empowers you to get unstuck and craft a life with more meaning and less overwhelm. I'm your host, Christine, seasoned military spouse, mom of three, and your guide to designing a life you love and growing a purpose-fueled business as a military spouse. I believe you have something valuable to offer. And when you pursue the things that light your heart on fire, you trade frustration for fulfillment and isolation for a life of impact. It's time to discover who you are meant to be because together we can change the world. Our live goal planning workshop is coming on January 17th. Are you joining us? Together we'll talk about how to set our intentions for 2024 and how we can make progress on those goals despite all the obstacles that get in our way. My flexible goal setting system is designed for your life as a military spouse. And the one thing I know to be true is that if you want to truly come alive this year, if you want to stop pouring from an empty cup, if you want to live as a healthier version of yourself, then you need to set a goal and create an action plan to move the needle. And I'm going to help you do just this. I've used this method for five-ish years now, and I'm excited to help you on your journey to living as more than just a mill spouse. Okay, guys, welcome to a special bonus episode of the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. If you have been with me for a while, you may remember that before I started a podcast, I had a blog. It was originally called the marketing mill spouse. But one of the things that I did on that blog was to do an annual recap of my top 10 books of the year. And it's one of those things that followed me from the blog to the podcast. So for the last five years, I've done a recap of my top 10 book recommendations. Now the number of books that I have read each year has increased when I discovered a few years ago, well more than a few, um, that I used to love reading and I really had not read books in a while and I set out to change that. Um, The first year that I really made an intentional effort to read books. I aimed for one book a month and I read a total of 12 books that year. In the next year, I aimed for two books a month and aimed for a total of 25 books in the year. And it's kind of grown since then. 
primarily because I am not attached to physical books. Actually, physical books are, I find, hard for me to read. Um, you can, I will link in the show notes below, an episode that I did about how to read more books in a year, but I really talked about how I have gotten into Kindle books, audiobooks, um, ways that I can listen while I'm doing other things, and that way I am able to read more books. I do read a lot of nonfiction books, um, some fiction books. This year, it's probably been more like 50 50 because I set a very ambitious goal for me, which was to get through 52 books this year, primarily because I had this book list of books I wanted to read and it kept growing and growing. And I was like, my list of books I want to read is growing faster than I am actually getting books off my list. So I've got to do something if I want to balance this out a little more. Um, so I listen a lot. I actually did for the first time in a while get through a couple of physical books this year, which was something new. I'm trying to incorporate that back into my routine a little bit more as my kids get a little older and more independent. But I also borrow a lot of books from the digital app through the DoD library, which is free and makes a reading habit um, much more cost effective and something that I truly believe will help you grow and thrive in 2024. In the words of Oprah Winfrey, reading is a way to expand my mind, open my eyes, and fill up my heart. And I truly believe we learn so much when we take the time to read books or uh, listen to books if reading them is not your thing. So I want to quickly go over my top 10 book recommendations based on what I read in 2023. Like I said, I read a total of 52 books, more than I have ever read. Um, but ironically, I did not read as many great books as I read in 2022. Um, and it's funny because it was a little bit hard to pick out the top 10 because there was several that were like, okay, well, they were they were pretty good, but not a lot that hit that uh, top 10 level of book that I like to recommend. So what I did for this year is split it out a little bit more evenly. So I have um, three or four books that are my favorite fiction reads from the last year, um, three or four memoirs, and then my top nonfiction books of the year. And when I am choosing books, I love books that make me think more deeply, that make me consider a perspective that I have not considered yet, or that something that I am thinking about after I finish the book. There's plenty of books where you read the story and you're like, well, that was nice, and then you move on. But I really like books that stay with you, that make you keep thinking, thinking after you finish the book. So uh, my top three fiction books of the year were number one and these are not in any particular ranked order but more in the order in which I read them this year number one 
are Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. It is a dystopian novel about a 12-year-old boy that lives with his father and is living under a society and laws that are written to preserve quote-unquote American culture in the wake of years of economic instability and violence. And to keep the peace, authorities are now allowed to relocate children of dissidents, especially those of Asian origin. And libraries have all removed books that are seen as unpatriotic, including the work of his mother, who was a Chinese-American poet. And it's really his story of trying to figure out what's going on. He receives this mysterious letter that contains only a cryptic drawing and he's pulled in a quest to examine his life and everything that he has ever known. Number two on my list, Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. It is both a time travel novel, and a murder mystery. And it begins with the question, can you stop a murder after it's happened? The book begins at midnight on the morning of Halloween when the main character, Jin, watches her seemingly happy teenage son stab a total stranger. She doesn't know who the victim is or why her son committed such an act of violence but as she wakes up the next morning she realizes it is the day before and she continues to move backward in time to try to figure out why the murder happened and how to stop it and it was really fun to see these two different genres come together and it was just one of those books that really kept my attention The third fiction book on my list was Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. It is not a book I ever would have just picked up by myself, but I heard so many people recommending it, so I chose to read it. It is about a woman who works at an aquarium and becomes acquainted with a giant Pacific octopus living in the aquarium. And it's a really fun audiobook to listen to. Some of the chapters are from the octopus perspective, which sounds a little weird, but it it definitely makes for a very interesting audiobook. Um, and having the two different voices read the audiobook. I really enjoyed this book. Um, So it did not make my top 10 list, but I did give honorable mention to The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo because it was a very entertaining read and, and a book that I enjoyed, even if it wasn't as meaningful as some of the other books. So those are my fiction books recommendations. Moving on to the category of memoir, which this is one of those types of books that I don't particularly enjoy sitting down to read, but I really enjoy listening to memoirs in audiobook format. And my three top memoirs for this last year were number one, Spare, written by Prince Harry, And 
it was just a fascinating picture of what life is like growing up as a royal and Harry's desire to both get away from the notoriety and the fame while at the same time presenting his life story in a very public format. And and you see this tension between wanting to get away from the limelight and still needing to feed the beast in order to stay relevant in his post-working royal life. So fascinating read. The second book memoir on my list was All My Knotted Up Life by Beth Moore. Um, I absolutely loved, loved, loved this book. If you have grown up in the evangelical Christian space, you probably know who Beth Moore is from all of her Bible studies and teachings. She has such a great sense of humor and it was a really nice look into what it's like to lead, but then to also have all of these struggles in your own life and to how she has navigated the ups and downs. And I would still love to sit down with her at some point and just ask her lots of questions because she has experienced so much in her life. And I really appreciated her taking the time to kind of reflect on what she's been through and to reflect in a very honest and authentic way. I highly recommend this book. Um, the third book that I really enjoyed this year in the memoir category was Jill Duggar's memoir, Counting the Cost. Uh, perhaps it's because I spent several years living in Arkansas. Uh, perhaps it's because I spent a lot of time when 17 kids, 18 kids, 19 kids and counting came out watching the show. Um, but really interesting to unpack her perspective of growing up in a very legalistic environment and how that impacted her and her attempts to begin to reckon with what came out of that as well as how becoming famous impacted the Duggar family and how she and her husband Derek have really tried to assess what happened and figure out how they want to raise their own family in a different way. So very fascinating read there as well. So those are my top three in the category of memoir, a runner up that is not really a memoir so much as it is um, a historical biography of sorts, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. This is a book that I read for my book club and I had never heard of it before, but it was a fascinating look at both science and research and the impact of one woman's unknowing contribution to medical research and advancement. It's about the life of Henrietta Lacks and her immortal cell line known as the HeLa line that came from her cervical cancer cells. 
1951. And the book really looks at some of the ethical issues of race and class in the development of medical research. And it looks at both her life and legacy and impact on the world at large, as well as what that meant for her family and how her family was impacted by her life. Um, it's a very interesting read, and I highly recommend that one as well, even though it doesn't really fall within the memoir category. All right, now we get to the nonfiction category, and this one was much harder for me to pick my favorites this year. So here's what I chose. Number one is Save the Cat Writes a Novel. I know, a little bit strange, especially if you are not interested in the concept of story or writing, but if you are an author, if you enjoy reading a lot, this is a fascinating book. The Save the Cat is a actually a screenwriting book series and storytelling methodology that is often used across Hollywood. And I had heard this method mentioned in a couple of other books. Um, but then I found Save the Cat Writes a Novel, which takes this screenwriting methodology and applies it to novel writing. And she takes all of these well-known novels and breaks it down so that you can see the story arc through the lens of popular novels. And it's made me look at stories a little bit different and see how the arc of the story is built throughout the book. So um, it's actually, it took me a long time to get through it, but I feel like it was a very fascinating look, especially if you love to read novels. The second book in my nonfiction recommendations was With Winning in Mind, The Mental Management System. Now, I listened to the audiobook, and I will be completely honest. Uh, it is read by the author, and he is not someone who reads audiobooks. So it wasn't the easiest book to listen to. It's actually a relatively short book, and I thought I would get through it in no time, but I constantly found myself having to pause the audiobook and go back and listen because there were so many good nuggets in this book. The author is Lanny Basham. I heard a podcast interview with him a, a while back. I think it was probably a year or so ago, and it had been on my book list ever since, and I'd never picked it up. But he was an Olympic medalist in rifle shooting, um, but he really breaks down this process of mental management and how he uses mental processes to train the mind under pressure. And he has a whole business that trains athletes for competition. And it is fascinating to see the mental processes that people go through to be able to perform under that kind of pressure-filled situation and then how we can take those ideas and apply it to our everyday lives so that one is really really good then number three on my nonfiction list was the alter ego effect I had never heard anyone have this kind of approach yet 
The author, Todd Herman, is also a mental performance coach. And his method for helping you get out of your way so that you can perform at your peak is by creating an alter ego like Superman and Clark Kent. And he talks you through his process of how you create an alter ego and how you call that alter ego forth so that when you are faced with a situation where you feel uncapable it's not you performing it's your alter ego performing and it's a very fascinating approach like I said very unique and not like something else I'd heard before so I found that to be a really great read and then the last on my list of nonfiction books for the year was Good Inside by Dr. Becky Kennedy if you are on Instagram you and you have kids, then you probably know that she is very well known right now for giving parenting advice and having some really helpful and practical strategies for parenting your kids. And her book really goes into her philosophy in much greater detail. She unpacks the whole philosophy, why she advocates for basically an an emotional regulation and resilience approach to parenting and then like how that specifically applies to various behavior problems and scenarios like rivalry and separation anxiety and dealing with tantrums. I don't know if I agree with everything in her book but it definitely gave me a lot to think about as I have my own kids and as I am trying to help them develop the emotional regulation skills that they need to thrive as a child and into adulthood. In several of the books that I have read over the last couple of years, specifically The Body Keeps the Score comes to mind where it looks at the challenge of a generation raised without healthy emotional regulation and how that impacts you as an adult and so where I think this book Good Inside really helps with that is how we practically begin teaching those skills to our kids and how that can help them in the long run so if you have kids I recommend at least reading that book like I said I don't necessarily buy into all of the concepts in the book but that's true of almost any book you read Um, to be able to absorb the information and say yes this feels right to me no I'm gonna think about that or read a few more viewpoints and approaches to really figure out how what I want to take from it and how I want to apply that information to my life and to the life of my family and then I will just give you this is not top 10 but Um, A couple other books that I found interesting this week, this week, this year. Um, Number one, The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I stumbled upon his podcast probably about a year ago and I did not know anything about The Miracle Morning, but I read it at the beginning of the year. And interestingly enough, he just released in December, which I have not read yet, but 
um, really talking about how we be more intentional with our morning and with our morning routine and with how we start the day. Um, something that I am very passionate about, um, but I, I do appreciate his approach and I took a lot from that book. And then the other book I would say honorable mention goes to How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole LaPera. She has two more books, one that just came out that I am very interested in digging into. Um, and again, it, it she calls herself the holistic psychologist and takes a very um, emotional regulation-centric approach to how we grow from and heal from our past and the things that have happened to us. Um, she has a whole community online um, that she calls the self healers. And it's really about whatever trauma, whatever you have experienced in your past that leads you to specific reactions. And also there are things that you can do to begin to heal those parts of you, to deal with the pain and to be able to move forward. So again, she has three books out now. I read the first one and I'm definitely interested in reading her other two books in the coming months. So very quickly to recap, if you are looking for a few more books or a book or 12 books or 100 books, to add to your list and make that a goal for 2024, then here are a wide variety of books to help you get started. If you are interested in fiction, I recommend Our Missing Hearts, Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and Remarkably Bright Creatures. If you are interested in the memoir genre, I highly recommend Spare, all My Knotted Up Life and Counting the Cost. And if you are interested in the nonfiction space, I really enjoyed Save the Cat Writes a Novel with Winning in Mind, The Alter Ego Effect, and Good Inside. And then just to quickly recap some of the bonus books that I mentioned, um, in the fiction space, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. In the memoir slash biography space, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. And in the nonfiction space, I also got a lot out of The Miracle Morning and How to Do the Work. So I hope something on this list piqued your interest. And more than anything, I hope that you set some kind of of reading goal this year because leaders are readers. And as I mentioned earlier, in the words of Oprah Winfrey, reading is a way to expand our mind, open our eyes, and fill our hearts. So let me know, pop into our free Facebook community and let me know what you will be reading this year. If you have some books that you recommend, if you have some insights to share with us, I would love to know what your reading goal is for 2024 and what books are some of 
have been some of your favorites in the last year. So come inside, share with us, and let's encourage each other to continue learning and growing in 2024. I will be back again with you next week for another episode of the Mill Spouse Mastermind Show. Until then, may you live filled, fueled, and full of joy. Happy reading. Hey friend, before you go, the Mill Spouse Mastermind community is here to help you thrive as a military spouse. Figure out what lights your heart on fire and equip you to create a life of impact. You can have an incredible impact simply by heading over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. And if today's episode was meaningful to you, I know it will be for others too. Spread the word by taking a screenshot of this episode and share it to your stories so we can continue to reach more people, change more lives, and shift the way that military spouses look at life. Because we are better together, and together we can change the world. Let's do it.